podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How's it going, people? Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another Forever Arsenal podcast. Off the back of our first Premier League defeat away at Newcastle 1-0. Very contentious circumstances, a lot of debate about the referees and the decisions leading up to that goal and other decisions in the game. But ultimately, we've lost it, no points on the board and it's our first L of the Premier League season, our third L of the season altogether when you couple it up with Lons and the West Ham Carabao Cup exit this week. It hasn't been the greatest week for us at all. And I'm back with the regulars, Jordan Lee and James, to discuss it all. Jordan's smiling. I don't even know what he's smiling about. You, you, what kind of what are you doing? Best thing he's ever said. Okay. Sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was, I, I was <laughs> Well said. Oh, that should be a that should be a point deducted. Um, you what should. Was, what what I was saying was what because it's just like a Rashford thing whereby if we lose a game you can't go out for celebration. We can't smile after a defeat. We got to we got to be miserable. Is that is that what we're doing here? If you finish second, you can't go to parades for West Ham. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh mate, listen. I've got to say, Arsenal really ruined my birthday week, man. Got knocked out on Wednesday. And then stuffed on 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 Saturday, but anyway, we move. Yeah, We're still smiling. We're still smiling. You're another year older. It's a blessing. Um, so big up Jordan once again on that one. But we've got some well another L to discuss this week. Lee, as always, you was there. You went up the night before. I heard you you had a great night to say the least, and then a not so great afternoon. Yeah, you know, as I always say, it's always a great, great time until uh, Arsenal and uh, Mikel get involved and they seem to ruin it, like, you know. So, <laughs> I'm going to be really honest, I was I was in a good shape till 4.30. And then when that team sheet come through, it, it gave me a downer. Um, I don't really know how I feel about it all, really, if I'll be well, honest. Like the team sheet? Well, like, for, for instance, disappointed Udegaard weren't fit. Um, you know, makes a mockery of what he came on for the other day. Like, you know, what I mean, if they're saying that it was a recurrence of his hip injury, which he's been having for, for you know, so he, he, I don't believe that he got picked that up in training. I know, I think that he probably picked that up in the game and ridiculous anyway. So you look at that and you just think that it was, um, <clears throat> it was going to be tough, even if uh, we had a full strength team out there, like, you know, but. You go with it. I, I don't know really how I feel about it. I didn't think we'd done enough to deserve to win the game, if I'll be honest. I thought we worked really hard. We battled hard. We, we matched them physically, you know, to the shenanigans that going on. But um, didn't do enough. Uh, didn't really get angry about the um, the goal because if, when you're there, you don't, don't see none of it. You know, uh, you just get the blank screen. So you don't really see it. So after... Dummy fan cam and everything like that wasn't really that ang angry. Just felt that we we huffed and puffed and you know fine margins. If I'll be honest, if we'd have nicked it one nil, we'd probably been saying, "Oh, that was a good you know away performance." It was just very very bitty and and all that. But coming back, watching it, seeing it, 
the goal and I've watched the game back today. A lot more disappointment with it. Like, you know, the, the goal, you know, in my opinion, shouldn't have been counted for... for, for, for <laughs> I think there should have been four reasons. I think the first one, when it's out, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm happy to let that go. But then I think it's a foul on Gabriel. People turn around saying, well, it weren't really a foul on Gabriel. Well, last week in the Manchester derby, was it really a foul? They made sure they got involved on that. Then I look back on it and I think that um, it was could have been handball as well. Like, and then the offside, you know, and, and they haven't got the, 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 the cameras for the offside. And there, there I was sitting there at the Emirates on Boxing Day uh, last season, West Ham, for six and a half minutes for them to rule out a very, very similar one for Martinelli. And they, oh, they find the, the technology to, to, to chalk it off. Because we win that game, by the way, and come back and win that game. Nothing said about that. But that's, that's by the by. The biggest disappointment for me, though, forget about everything else, is that we switched off thinking the ball was out again. And that's twice we've done that now. We've done it against Tottenham and we've done it again now. And I've heard on this show, oh, we're elite footballers. They're elite this. And and we continue to just do silly things like that. And I'm going to mention it. I'm going to mention it. If the goalkeeper does his job, we ain't talking about anything else other than what we're talking about because his positioning for that goal is it's a routine catch. And he's completely messed it up and it's not for the first time, like you know. And listen, when um when when a certain other goalkeeper does it, everybody's on onto him like that. But there's another mistake from from the goalkeeper. This is now Listen, Raya for me is number one now. I'll back, back him now because he's a, he's the goalkeeper and everything like that. This has been brought on by Mikel. Uh, I don't care what anybody says now because you've got two goalkeepers that he's shot, shot to pieces, in my opinion. And, you know, you can bring out all your stats now and say what you like. We're not as good as what we were last season. The points now prove that and the defeats prove it as well. Um and for whatever reason, we've 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 been saying it. Me and Turkish, I know we've been saying it's not been sustainable. This the way we've been playing. I sort of see what they were trying to do yesterday by trying to control the game again. It's not working, boys. And the reason it's not working is because it's it's affecting all of our creative creative players. Our two wide players yesterday were well, the front three. I tell you what, it's like going to, it was like going to a steakhouse and having a steak without no teeth. You know what I mean? Like, you'd be there all day chewing away. Absolutely pathetic. But where do you where do you get these? Just make them up as I go on, James. I'm right. I'm right. You're in the wrong profession. I am. I am. But, like, it was, you know, like, they could still be up there tonight and they wouldn't have scored. It was, you know, listen, I think if we have got a nil-nil draw, we'd still be disappointed, but... I think that's the best we could have hoped for it, boys. You know what I mean? And then going on the way, like, there's nothing worse, I'll continue this now, than a five-hour journey home after a defeat. There's nothing worse. Five hours, you say. Many times. Uh, There's a lot to unpack in this. And uh, Lee's Lee's gone in on the first goal um, and the performance. But I think the performance itself deserves a separate conversation. Let's talk about the first goal because... You know, many decisions leading up to it. Um, should it have stood? Shouldn't it have stood? It's not really... A, the referees are not really a subject that I'm... I care to delve into week in, week out. I'm I'm kind of used to this nonsense. Yeah. From that. So yeah. when it happens, it's like... You know, I, I'm also looking at the performance and did we do enough to take something from the game? I Forget hear you. The, the second. But 
Arsenal have now come out with a statement, and I feel like we do need to react to that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah. we have to discuss it. We have to discuss it. Hundred mm. percent. I'm not trying to swerve it. No, um, no, of course, yeah. I just head was fuming after the game, and like you said, Arsenal have further backed it up, and I'm sure they're we, gonna. The reason I jumped in at that bit was because I'm also kind of with you, and I've, I've actually I've come with notes again on my thoughts just to kind of come with a clear head. I want to let I want to let Jordan go first. What's that, Lee? <laughs> you got Graham. Just Graham to break it down. What? Lee, just leave me alone. No. Um, we, um, I want to let Jordan go first, but I was kind of with you. I was kind of happy to mention it and get on with it and whatever. But Arsenal releasing a statement has really kind of God, it's it's fanned the flames. Is that a saying? Um, mm-hmm. But Jordan, go on. I'll, I'll let you take it away. On the goal, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm actually in agreement with Turkish, but for different reasons. So I don't want to get onto the referees on this one because I, I agree that it's just getting a bit tired, and I think we all have questions about the quality and the standard of the refereeing. But my main reason for not discussing the goal is because I just feel like all the things that went against us were marginal. Was it out? Was it in? There's no definitive on that one for me. Mm -hmm. Um, The foul on Gabriel, is it a foul? Maybe. Could he have been stronger? My centre-back, I want to kind of deal with that. So I don't think it's conclusive that he was impeded in heading that ball away. Um, The offside, it's marginal. So I just think the, the, the focus on the goal for me is not really the focus. I think the focus is, as Circus said, did we do enough over 90 minutes to win the game? I thought we were good in the first half. I thought we were actually quite good in the first half. I think second half, I don't know what happened there, but in the first half, I thought we competed well. I thought we were we showed lots of purpose without having any massive cutting edge. But I thought we wasn't we wasn't overawed by 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 the by the the fact that James's Park can be a very hostile place to go. You know, I know people talk about the players that we were missing, and I think it's relevant. You miss Partey, Odegaard, and Jesus. That's a massive part of your team. That's relevant. You're going to be weak without those three players. But Newcastle are missing Tonali, Isaac, and their defender. Botman. Botman. So and Marvin kind of, Blunt, I think, to be honest. To be honest. I don't think he's a starter, but he's a key member of their squad. So yeah, it's another weapon they've got. So I'm not really gonna buy into the whole um we 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 had they had we had injuries, therefore uh it's like no, get it done. I don't think a draw would have been a bad result. I don't think a draw would have been a bad result. I mean, and I mean that before the game started. I think going to St. James's Park and coming out of a draw is a good, is a good, is a good point. But the irony is, is that we were worse against Chelsea and got a point. I thought we were worse against Chelsea. I mean, I we agree. managed to get out of there with, with, with a point. So there's no shame in losing to losing at losing at Newcastle. I just think there's two things for me. It's off the back of the game we lost in the midweek. And I think all three of you said you expected a reaction. And I was questioning just because you lose a game in midweek. That doesn't mean you're going to get a reaction on the weekend game. They, 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 I see them as two isolated games. I don't see one influencing negatively or positively the other one. So I was concerned about this one. And the second thing is I'm disappointed that Nketiah didn't really... And the front line, I thought the front line were awful. Yeah. I thought the front line were really, really blunt. Um, but I'm looking at the Newcastle back line and thinking to myself, if you're Eddie Nketiah, and I accept that he, there's an element of him relying on supply... I'm thinking, I can, I can, I can score here. <laughs> I can. This is not Newcastle's best back four. Like, who was their centre back? It was um, Charlie. Lascelles. 
The cells, yeah. It's like the cells, come on. The cells is not their first choice centre back. He he's not. So if I'm I see it as an opportunity, he missed from the front line to really stick it on them. But I'm not losing my head over this game. It's disappointing. It's our first defeat of the season. Um I, I think we could have done more. I think a draw would have been fair, but they took their chance and we didn't. So I'm not losing my head, but it is disappointing for sure. Mm. That's, that... on, just add, add to that, like, just one thing I just want to add to that, like, since we've come back from the international break, break three domestic away uh, performances have been poor, every one of them. Chelsea was a poor performance. So they <clears> kept <throat> the season. I know we got away with it. West Ham was shocking, like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and Newcastle was poor as well. From an attacking point of view, boys, I'm not saying so much... You know, like I just think we've been poor, really poor. That's, why I, I, that's why I was so frustrated from yesterday. Because listen, now now I've slept on it one night. Am I as frustrated? Yes, but I can probably put him a, a better, better articulately than I did yesterday. Because you know, it the performance was virgin on a great one. That's what that's what's quite frustrating for me, because it seemed like we'd done it. You know, everything needed to nullify Newcastle, both the the tempo, the atmosphere, mm. and just the, the game in general. We was controlling. We was composed. Saliba mm. was cleaning up every single thing that he had. To he was brilliant. He was he brilliant. Was down any hope Newcastle had in that first half. So it was like the platform was built defensively, structurally. You know, from the defensive unit to the midfield, they was doing their job in the defensive side of things. Now the midfield on the attacking side of things, and then the forward line is where it all, you know, crumbled in a sense. And the reason it frustrates me so much is because I've seen it before. You know, Lee just mentioned a few games. This has been a you know a story all season. The attack has not clicked. There's not one attacker that's playing better this season than last season. Not not one. So you know, I mentioned Havertz and Eddie not being good enough, but Saka and Martinelli are not playing good enough. They're definitely good enough. We've seen them be good enough for a title challenge, but they're not playing good enough. Odegaard, he's been you know criticised quite a bit this season for not playing good enough or good in comparison to last season. I don't think it's a player problem. I think it's a tactical problem because it, it can't just all change like that. Maybe one player drops him for maybe two max. But for the whole forward line not to be as efficient or clicking as much as they did last season, it's a tactical issue. They're being told something. And the point of modern day managers is that every single role on the pitch has an individual instruction. So I have to look at Arteta and say, Mikel, you know, it's all good and well saying only one team came here to win. But really, we didn't do enough to win. Did we deserve to lose? No. And the way we lost, we can debate it all day and we can talk about the refereeing standards again. It was unfair. Cool. But we didn't do enough to win. And that's my problem. We had the platform for a great performance built from the back to the midfield. But then the midfield to attack really let us down again. And it yeah. is time for us. Sorry, James. Just, just, just sorry, just before you come, James. Sorry, I'll be one second. I just off the back of Turkish's point, something that I was thinking about today. There's a there's a comment actually that I want to just briefly read that I think is relevant as well. And it's it, it's some uh, destroyer of birds. Easy. Um, I think the perfect way to win games is a balance between <laughs> our philosophy. <laughs> um, I think the perfect way to win games is a balance between our philosophy of last season combined with the control of this season. Arsenal last season scared a lot of teams because of our intensity, work rate and quality of possession. And he goes on, we have the ability to control games and score goals with the quality of our squad. And I was thinking to myself, what's missing? One of the, this this, this um, commenter is actually right. Last year, 
one of the beautiful things about our, our, our performances last year was that we were just on next. We started games with an intensity. We were pressing, we were fast. And it's been a conscious decision, it seems, as you say, Turkish, to change that tactic. And the question for me is, can you merge the two? I'm not sure you can. I think it's either raw. It's either how you're playing now, where you're controlling more games, it's not it's pretty on the eye, or it's kind of more, you're kind of frantic football that we may end up burning out and, and being vulnerable at the back. Um, sorry, Jay, I wanted to just mention that point, James, because I thought it was relevant to Turkish's point about us to changing, changing tactics. I'm glad I'm glad Turkish you mentioned that it was on the verge of being a great performance or that there was like a platform for a great performance. Because I just want to give credit to those players. Um, part of my disappointment on Saturday after the result was that actually I didn't feel we ever deserved to lose that game. You know, I've heard some stuff about, you know, Newcastle this and that. Newcastle did nothing. Now, look, we spent £200 million in the summer. We have been... Um, you know, a, a bigger, better performing club for many years. And we changed the title last year. So Newcastle fans might argue, well, hold on, you know, it's your job to beat us and you couldn't do that. And we got the win and that's fine. Um, but let's not pretend they laid a glove on us. They really didn't. And I want to give credit to the players that did a great job defensively at shutting them out, not getting overrun in midfield, not getting overawed by the atmosphere and playing their football. And that's why I do look more to the front three. And and actually, maybe you could say the team as an attacking unit. Attacking force. But as an attacking force. But defensively, they all stayed incredibly focused and, and did their jobs. And I do want to give credit to Saliba, to Gabriel, to Declan Rice. Hell to Jorginho. Yeah, he looks immobile. He doesn't look the most... Not mobile. He doesn't look the most... He can't cover ground like some of the others. That's not his fault. We know that. But he did a bloody good job covering those deficiencies i thought um and and, and the rest of them tommy asu like everyone got everyone got stuck in i think i need to watch it back some people said white might have switched off a little bit um on the goal fair enough i mean i sort of i keep watching that back from the gabrielle perspective and not so much the white stuff um it but I'm, have, I'm glad you mentioned that white had that block though on one of newcastle's attacks in the second half all right fair, fair enough yeah so so look they, they 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 stood up to it of course raya does make a mistake i agree he's right to call that out um but I was happy with the first half. And if we are not the most exciting going forward, these are the games I am more forgiving of it. When you are trying to neutralise another team, but you're also coming up against a side who were renowned last season for how sturdy they were defensively, when you're away from home against a Champions League side. I was totally forgiving of us not looking the most fluent. No, that's that's a lie. I wasn't totally forgiving. When we needed to get a goal and space opened up, I was annoyed we couldn't do more with it. But generally, these are the games where I'm a little bit more understanding. I watched Luton. Luton make it make life really difficult for Liverpool because where it can, it can get like that. And Liverpool, by the way, signed every central midfielder we could have wanted. The Callisters, the Boz, like Graven Birch, they got them all. And they struggled to so so that can happen, but the but the problem is that it's been a season long thing, and when we needed to really step it up, we we couldn't, and we never really looked like we had more gears to go through. And all season, I've kind of had this faith, like, well, we will get up to that, we'll get up to scratch. But when we got to the last twenty, and we really needed to like put our foot on the gas, we couldn't do it. Yeah, it was a little bit concerning. Well, I will say though that you know. People have said to me, oh, "Why wasn't I angry after the game?" You could. I don't think I'm. Not, I'm with you there, James. I thought defensively we done. We done well. Even towards the end, 
they were hanging on. I know that they, I say they were hanging on. We was pushing and pushing, but we just didn't have no quality going forward. Yeah. It, it was poor. Ben White, for instance, you know, is not attacking down the right-hand side at all no more. Like, you know what I mean? Mm, I felt that right. our, our two wide players, as poor as they were, were so isolated, it was unreal. Like, there's no help from them. Um, I, I, you know, Havertz worked hard. I think, like, you know... If you don't go up to Newcastle and you don't really know how intensified it is up there, the atmosphere, how they get, and they're very vibrant in the first uh, before the kickoff, and that after twenty minutes, they they were silent. It was you know they were you know the Arsenal fans. Where's your famous atmosphere? They was quiet. The one thing that got them up was that Havertz tackle. Um, other than that, they, they they were silent. You know, what I mean, we we they didn't really attack us. I think at the end of the day, look, listen, we go, we give Mikel a lot of credit when we'd sort of done that against Manchester City at home. Yeah. Uh, and Eddie Howe done it against us. He, 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 it was one of those games where I think it could have gone either way. I, I just think that they they didn't really could. I don't think Raya had a save to make. I can't really right. see. Do you know what? We played there last season 1-2-0. We had a lot more defensive things to do. They opened us up on a few occasions. I don't know if you remember, they had a couple of good uh, yeah, chances on, yeah. they missed. They didn't really have any guilt-edged chances in this game. The one thing that really is annoying was that we switched off for the goal. You know what I mean? We thought it was going out. It wasn't just Ben White. Jorginho was another one that appealed and we just stopped a little bit. Like, you know, one bit of bad defending cost us. And uh, But we, we there is something not quite right with Arsenal. I, I, I'm yeah. at this stage where I'm looking at it in like last season. I was excited to go and watch the Arsenal. It was exciting to go and that first 20 minutes, if we couldn't blow them away, then go back into the sort of positions that we're, we're doing now. We haven't scored a goal in, you know, in, a, in, in all season in the first 15 minutes. It's, something's not quite, quite right. And when you look at it, you know, Turkish is right what you're saying. Like the best players at this moment in the team are are Saliba, Gabriel, Declan Rice. What has happened to Shinchenko? He's he's is it the tactics that's affected him? Because he's not been nowhere near the, the standard last season. Udegaard, Saka yesterday. I am gonna say that it's the worst game I've ever seen him play. Absolutely appalling. It was the worst game I've ever seen him play. All right, give uh, Trippier credit for it and whatever but no you know he's up against Burn in the first half you know what I mean come on you've got to be out skin him he never done it once Martinelli you know what I mean was was probably the worst game that he's had for a very very long while but every time they got the ball they never never attacked the down the flank they cut inside and played it inside we kept the ball we kept the ball it was I, I, I don't understand the tactics of it yesterday, really, from from an attacking point of view, and where and why we can't go, why why have we not done, doing what we was doing last season? Yeah, and and this for me falls more on Mikel Arteta. Mikel Arteta. You you mentioned tactics. I also think personnel choice. Now, I've been quite on Kai Havertz, Eddie and Ketia's backs and stuff, and you know, did they do much in the Newcastle performance to change my mind in terms of? how effective they can be as attacking forces in the title race. Not really. But I'm actually changing my tune a little bit on them and their kind of selection. Kai Havertz and Eddie Nketiah, I actually thought worked really hard in this game. Eddie is not a hold-up player, but I saw him trying to get in front of players, trying to flick it on, trying to do things. Kai Havertz was trying to, we'll talk about that tackle in a bit, but was trying to get stuck in, was trying to play one-twos, was trying to win headers, was trying to drive with the ball. 
if they are not very good at it, I can only look at Mikel Arteta now. Because did they do anything in that game that surprised me? Like, was there a level of performance that, that shocked me? Oh, shock. Eddie didn't bring our wingers into play. People might say that's a tactical thing. Cool, okay, but he didn't do it. I'm not surprised by that. He didn't do what Jesus did in Seville. Did Kai Havertz do what Martin Odegaard does? No. Have we seen Fabio Vieira step in for Martin Odegaard in the Premier League? Oh, I can hear myself. Sorry, let's go again. Have we seen Fabio Vieira step in for Martin Odegaard in the Premier League, away from home? Yes, at Brentford and kept him sticking. Yes. So why didn't we see him? He's looked quite good this season when he's played. Leandro Trossard played as a false nine. Suddenly, our wingers started playing well again when he came back into the team last season. So at this point, I can't fault Eddie and Havertz because I saw them work really hard and try, but they just couldn't do enough. And it wasn't just them. They probably both did more than Saka and Martinelli. So let's be let's be fair on that. But at least I've seen them get to a level that, that gives us a title charge. I'm now looking a lot more at Mikel Arteta and going... I agree. How, how, how many times does this not have to work before... And, and maybe it will one day, but I'm I'm really losing my patience with it. I'm, I'm no, one thing, sorry, George, you need to say this. One, one thing, there's an argument going around about the Raya Ramsdale thing, right? There's an argument. And I'm not bring, sticking up for Ramsdale right there. If, and, and he's gone with Raya because it's the style of football that he wants to play. He plays the way that he wants to play it, right? Yeah. Well, that's fine. So when you, when you, if you're doing that with a goalkeeper, why aren't you doing that with a full? When, when Jesus comes out of the side, you're actually putting Eddie in that doesn't do anything near remote that what Jesus does. Now, our best performance of the season was severe away. Why? Because the two goals come from, 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 um, you know, like, uh, yeah, from Jesus. They come from Jesus and does it all like that. So if you are doing that with a goalkeeper, why are you not doing that with a forward? Like, why aren't you doing right? Okay, right, we've got Jesus out. Who's the nearest thing that I've got to him so that we can keep the style of play like I'm doing with the goalkeepers and being really harsh with him? So you either go, well, it's a a Trossard going in and maybe a Martinelli going in there or somebody else. We're going so far away from Jesus Mm -hmm. as a forward to Eddie, that it's compromising everything. And and it's a great point you make about Vieira, like, you know what I mean? Havertz is no Odegaard. I, I, he was in there, I think he was in there maybe for his physical presence yesterday and all that. But you're going away from the style of play that we're that we're doing. You, you've dropped a goalkeeper to keep the style of play at the back and you're, ch- and you're not doing it and being ruthless in other areas of the, of the field. And that's my problem now with it, like, you know? Eddie just hasn't got that hold-up play <clears throat> that Jesus has got. That's a fair point. I, I, I just want to briefly add to the, 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 the Mikel Arteta chat as well. I think James is correct in, in spotlighting the manager here. Um, I think we're seeing now that decisions that he's taken, and ultimately you're judged by your decisions, right? The decisions that he's taken at the start of the season are not looking particularly great. We've discussed Havertz at length. He will be judged on that signing because at a time we needed a midfielder to come in and, and replace uh, Granit Xhaka. Havertz is not that player at the moment. It's not looking good. No. It's a lot of money as well. The Raya one as well. People talk about the decisions, whether did it go out? Was it offside? Was there a foul? What were the two things that we were told were the two main key qualities that David Raya brings to, 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 to the club? What are the two main qualities that people said, 
and distribution right his distribution against Sevilla and the following game which was against Chelsea his his kicking sorry before his his kicking in those two games was awful awful on the weekend against Newcastle forget the offside and he fouled that stuff what's he doing if your if your main attribute is meant to be you you are very good from crosses, which the stats last year said he was. Okay, cool. You've dropped Ramsdale because you said you've got a guy that's better at commanding his box. What are you doing? What are you doing? The crosses come in. He's all over the gaff. So I'm concerned about Mikel Arteta's decision making now because those are two big calls. Kai Havertz and David Rea are two massive calls to key players in our team that don't appear to have made us any better than they were last season. So whilst I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm done with Raya, I've written off Kai Havertz. I'm just saying, I don't think this is the game to be looking at individual players. And you know that I'm team up Mikel Arteta. I think now I'm looking at Mikel Arteta and saying, I'm not, I'm not putting heat on your neck just yet, but some of your big calls, bro, they're not looking good. They're not looking good. Yeah, it's frustrating because it's another season where, what, six weeks into the season, we're talking about January already. I didn't expect to go into the season worrying about January. I thought we could do what we needed to do in the summer. We wasn't too far off what we needed to be at. Mm. I thought it was the final few pieces. But instead, a couple of pieces were removed to bring in a couple other pieces. And th- those pieces ain't, you know, they're, they're not the right size. They're not matching up to, to you know, what they've come in for. And that that one piece I'm talking about is Havertz. That one is a key one. But I'm also talking about a Reese Nelson ex- extent, um, new contract. And I'm not someone against Reese Nelson. I like Reese Nelson, but you don't seem to like him. So why didn't we just mm. let him go? Why didn't mm. we buy that one attacker that comes in? Because I do think every year you should buy at least one exciting player. One exciting and and right Rice is an exciting player, of course. But I mean in, in the attacking line. I think you should always refresh it in some way, shape or form to keep attackers on their toes, especially in modern day football when you know you're chopping and changing so much and you know di- different pe- different Doku for example. Did Man City need another attacker this summer? No. But guess what? They went and bought one. They went and bought one who, you know, gives them another X factor that they didn't have last season. And as much as we look at some parts of City and think they're not as strong, they've also got a new weapon in their arsenal in Doku, which is something they haven't had maybe since Sterling Sane's best years at the club in, in, in terms of that, that fearsome winger, that direct winger. I feel like we needed to bring in someone. When I look on the bench, like, forget Kai Havertz for a second, who I have written off. That one is a write-off. Whether it happens this January or happens next summer or the summer after that or the summer after that, I just hope it's not one of these Xhaka sagas where we stick by for five years, we get one good season at the end and everyone's praising him and singing it. Now, we ain't got time for that. Tavares, Lukonga, Willian. You, you, you realised early, Mikel, it didn't work. This one is a big, you know, a, a, a heftier price tag you spent on him. So to turn around, this decision is probably going to be harder to do with the people above. Who, for once, for once, I can't turn to Cronkays and say, what, what are you men doing? I can't because they've done enough for the first time since they've become owners, in my opinion. They've done enough for me to look at the manager and say, let's see, let's go. We move and we're not moving. Yes, it's just our first loss of the season, but it's a loss that was coming off the back of the performances we were showing. And unless we change it up, more losses will come. Is it okay to lose at St. James Park? Many people say it is. Fine. I'm never okay to lose anywhere, if I'm honest with you. But, you know, the reality is it's a difficult away ground to go to. But what I can't accept is that in the final, you know, 
in what in in my opinion is the final year of whatever process this is like we was we was couple pieces away from really kicking on this season and instead we've changed it all up we're a completely different team in my opinion i look at us and it's it's a different vibe and i go back to it being a bold move by Mikel. it's a make or break move forget the havertz thing which is make or break in itself tweaking a free-flowing attacking exciting young side to make them more controlling make them more methodical it's a bold move and it's a bold move that is also a make or break move because we can't regress this season we can't does it hurt more seeing Tottenham at, at the top? Yeah, it does probably hurt more seeing Tottenham at the top, if I'm honest. Maybe that maybe that makes it worse how I felt after Newcastle. Not that it could have changed after Newcastle, regardless of the result. But, you know, I'm looking at them flying high and, you know, essentially having the start to the season we had last year and us still finding our feet in the season where we thought we would capitalise if there was anything to capitalise off with Man City, who have lost two of their first, what, 10 games, 11 games? Is it two? <laughs> Might be free. They've lost no, two games. Two, two, two one in the cup. Mm. No, no, they've lost two Premier League games, no? Yeah. Yeah, two plus one in the cup. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, I, I thought we'd be in a better position. Three like us. The, the, one, one thing I will say about two couple of things is just what I want to bring up with Turkish. So if you're Nelson, right, and you just sign a contract, if you've got the man in front of you playing like that and you can't get on for one minute, what, what, what are you doing there? What, what are you doing here? You think yourself, right, you're being ruthless in other areas, but you're not being ruthless. This is the problem what I've got. You're being ruthless with someone like the goalkeepers. You're being ruthless with, uh, say, um, Havertz or whatever, like, you know, whatever, like that. but he seems to be getting a free ride. Saka gets a free ride. I, 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 I'm, I'm Nelson here. I'm scratching my head and going, well, if I can't get on in a, when he's playing like that, when am I going to get on? Like, you know... Um, and, and the other thing is, I do, I do think this is this is a key thing. Um, I went up to um, Newcastle last May, thinking, "Poor, if we get a draw, I'll be happy, right?" And we get a win. There's a lot of people up there last yesterday thinking, "Oh, we, oh, we should win this game." The expect like the expectation level of Arsenal has gone up. The fans' of expectations have gone up. Well, we've got to win this game, but the the, the level of player has gone down. Now, I look at Shaka and people are going, oh, we're missing Shaka. We ain't missing Shaka. The reason we're missing him is because no one's come in, stepped in and done the job that he's done. Now, he come into that role and took it to took it straight away. But we've now we've got we've had Havertz play that role. We've had Vieira play that role. We've had uh, Smith Rowe play that role. Declan no, Rice. Declan Rice. The only one who looks half competent at it, by the way, Declan. Yes. Actually, beyond that, he he was unreal against Newcastle. He was unreal yesterday. He was unreal. But the thing is, when you play Declan Rice in there, James, you start going, "Oh, we missed Thomas Party now because we haven't yeah. got that holding midfield for over." So you put Thomas. So you put Declan Rice in there. We don't miss Thomas Party so much, but you, yeah. you you're missing something out of there. So at the end of the day, you've gone into a transfer window. It's a hundred and. I think is is it 105 million pound spent on um Havertz and Vieira. 105 I'd rather have gone and got one player like a Caicedo or someone like that and, and and gone down that route now because they're not working. Now, I looked at Declan Rice yesterday, right? And I'll be really honest. It was it's the difference between him and Havertz is 30 million in price. 
it's, 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 it looks a million miles more than that. Like, you know what I mean? The, 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 the gap between that, that, that signing now is, is down on Mikel. And I think he's going to come back and bite him, boys. I really do. Because it's, you know, I'm watching him yesterday. I thought he'd done okay yesterday. He got into positions when he, in, in the final third and he messed up and all that. But £65 million, I'm not, I want to see someone come in and start dominating. You know, people slag off Shaka or miss Shaka. Shaka costs £30 million. I know, like, probably in the day's market, probably a bit more than, than the £30 million. But you're spending £35 million on Vieira. When are we going to see this Vieira, you know, go and do it? Now, he had a very, very good game against uh, Brentford last season. The team was flying. It was, like, energetic and things like that. It's not now. I, it's something not quite right in everything, like, you know. Olegaard, you know what I mean, his form has dropped incredibly light, you know what I mean? Why? I don't understand it, like, you know what I mean? And, and, and actually, we've spent £105 million on Declan Rice, and he's been sensational, by the way, and we're a worse team. Mm. Yeah. Can, um, I mean, those signings haven't worked out yet. Can I start the VAR PGMOL chat? Yes, go on. What's your thoughts? I've, I've listen... Call me miserable, call me a bit of a loser, but I've thought about this a lot today. <laughs> I think because of the Arsenal statement, if you haven't seen it, Arsenal have released a statement saying that basically the stands aren't good enough and they wholeheartedly support the manager. I'll give my thoughts on that in a sec. Um, Jamie Car- Carragher and Gary Neville have weighed in, Michael Owen's weighed in, everyone's on it. I just want to go through it step by step and actually go in, like, in order of what happened in the game. Now, Havertz, that tackle that got him a yellow card. Live and then after, I said not a red card because he caught him with a trailing leg. Believe it or not, it was Stoke City legend Jonathan Walters who actually opened my eyes on Twitter. I think that I think that could be a red, guys. He's come flying in and actually he has caught him with his leading foot. It's the back of it, but he has caught him. He's just not caught him massively, so you can't spot him, but he has. And when you lunge like that, and you have caught the guy, though it's not like bang on. If it's bang on the ankle, it's it's a leg breaker. Um, so I think Havertz is very lucky not to be sent off, but it's an orange, maybe. The goal, I think it is a push on Gabriel. I'm not sure it's as egregious. We said this on the full-time show, Turkish. I'm not sure it's this like... A lot of people are treating it like the... Probably because Mikel Arteta has. Are treating it like the, the Luis Diaz one you know, against Tottenham. They're they're treating it like it's this absolute disaster of a decision. I don't think it is a disaster of a decision. I think Gabriel probably has been pushed. I think it should be disallowed. But I don't think it's one of those that is like really clearly, obviously, like is Gabriel's position, starting position a bit low? Could he be a bit stronger? You ask yourself all those questions. Sometimes hands in the back doesn't mean push in the back. It means holding distance. But before... I can already hear the comments and all the viewers. I do think it's a push, but I don't think it's this like outrageous decision. The one that I'm really fucking pissed off about, and I have been ever since it happened in the game, and I can't believe that Mikel Arteta, pundits, Arsenal fans aren't making more out of it, is Bruno Guimaraes forearming Jorginho in the side of the head. Of all the decisions... That is the most outrageous one by a country mile. 100%. And the nonsense that has come out about, well, it was forearm, not elbow. Well, it's not nice, but he's not used his arm as a weapon. What kind of bollocks am I hearing? 
I've yeah, never crazy. known anything like it. You can assault a man on the pitch. By the way, big up to Laurie for the fan cam title of the decade. By the way, say he's been in police custody for less. <laughs> <laughs> it was I couldn't. I could. And what actually annoys me is that they're not pointing to that. They're not pointing to because I hear everyone going, and even Gary Neville made some sarky comment. You know where he quoted what was said in the statement and went. Yeah, agreed. Habert should have been sent off. Basically saying, like, there was a decision that went your way. How no one is talking about this from Bruno. Yeah. He went two-footed into someone, missed him, and then went steaming over to Jorginho, clubbed him, and then got on with the rest of the match. VAR deemed it not a, not a violent act. I cannot believe that. He later in the game goes battering into Jorginho and then hurries him up. I, mean, I couldn't believe what Guimaraes was doing on the pitch. But you know, he got away with it. Newcastle fans will love it. He did his thing. But there are officials there whose job it is to spot this. That, for me, is the biggest disgrace of them all. And it really annoys me that the focus isn't on that one. And it's on another one that, yeah, okay, maybe it, it did go against us, in my opinion. But it's not anywhere near the scale of that one. Other things I just want to mention before I get everyone's thoughts on all this. VR and officiating. I've got to the point now where I'm consciously noting myself every week feeling differently about the same situations. Why? Because it is difficult. Because the rules are so murky. Lee, Lee mentioned himself. They don't give the Gabrielle foul for a two-hand in the back, but they give the Hoyland one for a pool that gives a penalty. On one hand, they're, well, with both, they're trying to give goals, right? But there's no consistency of what you can and can't do. I'm getting to the point now, and I've never said this before. It's the first time I'm saying it. Scrap VAR. Scrap it. I honestly felt better when I just thought they were shit and they couldn't do anything about it. It's making me feel worse as a fan. Because we're not at the point where I can say, well, they're getting most of the big ones right. There's just the odd shocker. Every week, there's a shocker. Van Dyke got hurled down in the game against Luton. And they didn't give it. And every week we are having these conversations and I now just want it gone so that we can just stop having them and we can just go, look, they're shit. And we can moan about them being shit, but at least we can't say that they had any sort of second chance at it. Final thing I want to say on Arsenal's statement, I don't think it does anything to help anyone here. The only thing I think it might do is this kind of siege mentality back our manager. The time to put a statement like that was when Brentford scored a goal against us in a title race and they forgot to draw the lines. <laughs> that was the time. But we took the moral high ground. Mistakes happen. They called us. They apologised. We understand. Blah, blah, blah. I think we were given a bit of a soft penalty the, day, uh, the game after against City because of it. That was the time for a statement because people actually didn't do their job. And I think the timing of this is wrong. While I... While I agree with the frustration towards officiating, and I'm glad that clubs, managers, whoever, are speaking out about it, I don't think this was the right moment. But that's all. I've prepped my notes. I've got through it all. Have a way at it. You're muted. Lee, you're muted. I, I agree with what you're saying, right? But I, I do think that it was the statement was about it's about time that someone come out and get. And do you know what? Yep. I think like um, Wolves should have come out because they've been absolutely smashed with it over the last few times, right? And this is where I, this is where my grievance with VAR is really. I listen. If there was no VAR yesterday, 
can we get this right? Newcastle win that game 1-0 because the referee give the goal. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but I'd rather that happen yeah. and go through all of it. Like when you see things being not done and then go through it, I'd rather just go get on with it. Like, you know, now <clears throat> the Wolves game yesterday, get a penalty, right? Minimum contact. I don't think it's a penalty. I've watched it a few times. Like, you know, but what did they turn around and say? They've gone with the referee's decision on the pitch. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Manchester United versus Arsenal. Referee gives a penalty against Havertz. Oh, no, we're overturned that one. So they've completely gone against what they've said that they was... Why are you going with the on-right referee with the Wolves game? And why are you not going to VAR and overturning it when you've done it with the Arsenal game? Lee, I'll do you one better. Sorry to cut you, just because it's on this. They allow the Willock one because the ball wasn't fully out of play. I'm fine with that. You can't 100% know that it's out of play. People are showing pictures with a gap. That's not how physics works. There's a curve if you watch it anyway. So I'm fine with them allowing that. They couldn't 100% know it was out of play. What do they do to Man United against Brighton? Rashford did the same thing. We think it's out, so we'll rule it out. So, yeah. So so you cannot do that. I remember. I remember a game. I don't know if you remember it, but I remember it. Manchester United versus West Ham. When the when he kicks the ball out, it goes out and comes back in, and Man United score. And they went, oh well, mm. we, we we know it went out, but we can't prove it. You know, VAR has got flaws. You know, the offside goal today, they can't give you the offside right because they haven't got the technology for it. So why are you using it? We've had a goal against Manchester United, which was a millimeter off off right. Yeah, and we have to trust that and go, yeah, that we, I trust that you're right. And then four weeks down the line, you're saying, we haven't got the technology to give you that goal. So it's all a farce. So I do think there's a right time for a statement to come out and go, look, this ain't good enough, like, you know what I mean? I, I do think that Wolves should come out, you know, I mean, out of it. I think if it was a week ago, I think um, the manager turned around and said, if I say anything, I'm going to get in trouble. Like, you know, Why? Say it how it is, you know. What I mean, Mikel's come out and said it what it is, but I, I do think that this is enough. There's too many errors in this thing, you know. Like one thing, like oh, uh, we forgot to do the lines, you know what I mean? Like you know, that's unacceptable. And then uh, I honestly believe the Liverpool um, Tottenham game they made up something there because they couldn't turn around and go, oh, we forgot to do the lines again, you know what I mean? It's just not working. I think VAR is fine; it does work. It's the people operating it; they're incompetent; they're not good enough. And it's got to be solved. But they're not going to. But they're not going to. They're not going to scrap the PGM as well and hire a load of new people. I mean, no, they're not going to do that. People who get these decisions wrong, they might referee in the championship one game, then they're back. What's like, his name? What's it? And, and, is it Anthony Taylor? Taylor today. He, he he was the one that messed up for the. But again, Wolves last week when he he didn't kick somebody, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. clearly see that it's not a penalty, and they don't give it right. Yeah. What yeah, was his yeah. What was his punishment to referee a championship Lee. game yesterday? He was on the line doing doing fourth official today. Lee, it's like Lee. punishment. But, but but it's like I, I'm getting to the point where I think I think while us as fans are frustrated, everyone else around football loves the drama. Mike Dean said in an interview, "I didn't call my mate to the monitor because he'd had a tough game." And what happens a second after that Tottenham equalise? Chelsea cost cost two points. Tuchel loses his job a couple of weeks later. Yeah. He didn't want. I'm not saying that's all Mike Dean's fault, but the point is, he didn't want to hurt. He, he literally admitted, "I didn't want to put my mate in it." 
Where is he the season after? On Sky Sports, just giving his thoughts on refereeing decisions and giving his opinion and basically laying the law for everyone. It, we glorify these people. Like, we, like the, the media loves it. Everyone loves it. And I don't get it. I do not scrap VAR because I... And, and I never, this is the first time you've ever heard me say it. I was on the camp of, don't scrap VAR, the technology works, improve the people. I'm beyond that now. It's, it is so boring. It is so boring. You can do that across someone's head. That's not yeah, how I punch gets done for head. I've got a better technique. Right. That's, I'm, I'm just trying to recreate the Gimmer Rise because he was clever with it. If you do that, it's clear. But let me just, let me just nudge him in the side of the head, right? The, the oh, trouble with VAR, the trouble with VAR, and where, 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 look, VAR was successful when it's the goal line technology because it's a fact, right? Okay. Now, with the VAR now, with the Havertz one, you can go to that one. You can go to the, to the, to the elbow thing. It's not black and white. It's not, it's your opinion or my opinion. James, do you, like, you know, you might think there is a sending off, but, you know, like we haven't heard from, uh, like the other guys at this moment in time, but they might turn around, Jordan might turn around and go, yeah, I think Havertz should be sent off. And there's me saying he should be. It's not fact. When you watch tennis, you know the ball's in, you know it's out. You know what I mean? You cannot argue with that. If the ball's over the line, you, you can't argue with it, like, you know. But it's still opinions. It is, yeah, yeah. That, that is where VAR's wrong. And it's, we've got, there's four of us here and we could all have a different opinion. And, and that is where it's wrong. And that's for me, get rid of it. Let the referee make his decision. I also think the referee's not refereeing properly because he thinks, oh, I might not, I don't have to really watch what's going on there because VAI might yeah, VAI yeah. might see it. Start getting the referees to referee properly and let's bring back the fucking game that we love. You know what I mean? Because I'm not enjoying football at this moment in time. I'm watching games of football. You're right, what you're saying, Dave. I'm about to turn it off. Van Dyke, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's a, that's a, you give it last week, you're not giving it this week. I'm not enjoying football because I'm looking at crap. Decisions week in, week out. And the, the, the most fucked up thing about it, use the word incompetence, it, it seeps it, it, arrogance and ignorance too. And when you mix all of this up, that's what you've got with the PGMLO now because they've got a siege mentality. That's what it seems like. When I hear anyone that's relevant in that department, whether it's Howard Webb or Matt Dean or you know Oliver or any one of them speaking, there's an ignorance, there's an arrogance. Forget the incompetence for a sec. That, that ignorance and arrogance, you can just you can just feel it. You, 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 you can see it week in, week out. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll bring out a statement for this. Yeah, we'll ignore that one. We won't really mention it because no one's made a big um, hoo-ha about it. Uh, if, for me, it's just like it's, we can get rid of the, the technology, but we're still left with the, the incompetent, arrogant, ignorant people that are in charge of our beautiful game week in, week out. But I'm, st but I'm actually with James, at least when it is a human error. We can just leave it at that. It's a human error. But now you, there's so much technology involved that if you're going to do it this way, do it properly. Have a have a have a video running down the line for AI following the ball. So if there is an offside, you have a camera angle that is straight down the pitch, not at a right angle, a left angle, where you're doing a you know red line, a blue line, a yellow line. You're doing one that follows the pitch all the way, like the linesman does, and all the way back. And then you've got a definitive pick job. Get other camera just spend them if you want this spend the money to get it as accurate as they have semi-automated offside use that use goal line technology scrap var the champions on league it. one the champions league offside yeah. is you you watch it and you know oh fair enough there's no mm -hmm. argument with it that computer system whether it's a you know subconscious thing or not 
when they put that blue computer system up and then you see it cross over a knee and a thigh, you're like, all right, cool. Like, you can't argue with that. The Premier League decided not to adopt that. So if the clubs really have a problem with it now, then the club needs to just get together and do something about it together. There's no point in doing it separately because we're all moaning individually when we're a lot and more powerful together. Listen, there was no VAR at the West Ham game against uh, Arsenal, right? It's a foul mm. on Rayo. Have we gone mad about it? Ramsdale, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Ramsdale. Have we gone mad about it? Yeah, you know, right. referee, referee didn't see it. We've accepted it. Yeah. Our referee didn't, didn't yeah, see it. Yeah, you're spot on. 100%. Yeah, spot on. True. You're spot so you've on. You've accepted it, but but when you've got a camera in there and they're not seeing it, that's when you get you get you go up. But I'll tell yeah. you what, there was no VAR day. All right, get on with it. And it's so much better but, to watch a game of football like that. I just want to say sorry because Jordan, I know you, you. I think you described the statement as embarrassing, so I want to get your thoughts on it. The last thing I just want to say is, for me, and I know I said that, but I just want to reiterate it. It is wasted. This whole talking about the goal and the person it should be. For me, it's such wasted energy and effort when you've got the Gimarais Jorginho thing. Yeah, and yeah. I just feel if that statement had been more like if Mikel Arteta had said, Are we accepting this on a football pitch? and gone for that moment. And then the statement basically said, like, what if you built the case around that, I'd have a bit more sympathy. But to go with something where, and I know people say that pundits have agendas or whatever, but it has been divisive. On Twitter, it has been divisive whether the Gabrielle one was a foul or not. They, they built the case around the wrong thing. You do it either on the, the Gimarais moment in that game. You should have done it after Brentford. And that's where I feel they've just got this a little bit wrong. But at least something's being said. So I'm a bit 50-50 with it. But Jordan, what were your thoughts on it? I think Mikel Arteta went too early. And I thought his post-match rant was, was really poor, actually. I think his press conference after the post-match interview was also poor. I think I counted, he used the word disgrace 11 times. I, I, I think he was a disgrace. I think that the Havertz one, you put a very interesting perspective, James, that you watched it back and you'd changed your mind on the Havertz decision. For me, it's the most blatant red card I've seen. It's mm -hmm. it's not even a, it's not a debate. It's a red card, 100%. It's, it, he's come, why out of interest, sorry? I'm not, I'm not coming disagreeing, I'm just... No, no, no. He's coming at force. He's off the ground and he's high enough to cause a serious injury. It's not It's not necessarily, you know, shin high, but it's an ankle breaker. It could break his leg. For me, I, I was genuinely baffled at the debate. It is the most red... I don't know how he got away with that one. Can, can I say, I was, happy for it to, I was happy for it to be a yellow when I thought that there was some distance between his sure. leading foot sure. and, the, and the defender's but because his right leg goes like a, block. like a block is throwing yourself full force or something. But when I saw that he actually did catch him on the ankle a little bit, if it was just a bit, that's when I thought, yeah, that, that could have been red. Is that uh, but I, 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 I saw if that with his right leg, he's just sending off uh, Jordan. He doesn't hit him with his right, it's his trailing leg. He does, it's, 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 it does a catch him a little bit, and yeah, B, it's, it's reckless and dangerous. Gun. You can't run in that fast and leave the ground and and and, and lunge into someone. Like this. It, so if that's the case, then then why hasn't he sent Bruno off? Because he's done a two. Let, 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 let me let, well, let, let me get to that. So I'm just saying the Havers right, one okay. for me. I was baffled that it was even a debate. It's the most red card I've seen all season. But that's that one. The Bruno forearm. It's a red card. It's and, and I agree with James. I was never really for VAR in the first place. I've said before and I'll say again. VAR is a symptom of all of us. Fans, pundits, players, managers, broadcasters, 
not being mature enough to accept the fact that sometimes referees get things wrong. If we just accepted that sometimes referees will get things wrong and it will go against our team, but you just hold it, we wouldn't have VAR. But now we have VAR because people had this image in their head that VAR would make things perfect. Oh, if we have VAR in, there'll be no more wrong decisions. And forgetting that humans operate VAR. So I was never in favour of VAR in the first place. The, the, the Gimaresh one is a red card as well. The statement from Arsenal I thought was embarrassing because I don't understand why what their statement achieves. I don't understand what them released this statement. I agree with James, actually. Of all the things for the club, not the manager, not the club to come out with a statement for, this is what you're going to come and go public with? We've had some real injustices over the last couple of years, yeah. some real big issues we could have, as a football club, gone public with. But this is the thing you're going to go, you're going to go live with? Really? For me, it was it, it was it was so poor, and it feeds the agenda that referees are somehow conspiring to work against certain teams, which I think is a nonsense. They're just crap. Now, what Arsenal should have done, what Arsenal should have done to Lee's point, is join the other nineteen Premier League teams and said, "Hang on, as a collective, why don't we all link up and say, yo, we are all getting bent over here." No one's benefiting from these poor refereeing decisions. Why don't we all, as a collective of 20 clubs, say we need change? For Arsenal to go rogue and just go on their own for me was, it was just, when I saw that, I just thought, what are you doing? What do you hope to achieve by Here this? But, Shall I tell you what they hope to achieve? Sunday night moving into Monday, we're here talking about the referees more so than, or in general, people well, referees Turkish more than a week with two defeats where we Turkish Carabao Cup and against Newcastle we were blunt. I'm so glad you said that because this is why I go back to Mikel Arteta, who for me I thought was embarrassing because it was a deflection tactic, a la Jose Mourinho. We weren't poor against Newcastle, but a second no, we defeat weren't. in a week for me, where again I defend Mikel Arteta a lot. But these two, these two games, I think are on him. I know we were poor in, 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 the, in the midweek game, but this one was definitely on him. And for him to come out and give this, it's embarrassing, it's embarrassing, it's a disgrace, it's embarrassing. Yeah, I just thought, you're kind of embarrassing, really. You're embarrassing. The goal we conceded really wasn't... It, it, was, it was preventable, in my opinion. Yeah. So for me, I, I'm, I'm not buying this whole... You know, yeah, go on Arsenal, release a statement. Yeah, give it to the PGMO. No, hold your counsel and pick your moments. I think Mikel Arteta, his outrage in the interview didn't match the crime, if you like. Yeah. There'll be decisions this year where I think embarrassing and disgraceful will be applicable. This that's was not James, that. That's what James said about Brentford. That was embarrassing and despicable. That, that was a reaction. You know, one thing, one thing, and eventually you boil over. I don't know. Like, he came, well, no, no, he came into that interview. Sorry, James. He came into that interview after, I think it was with Sky. He came in already on 10. It wasn't like a build-up of over a few minutes. He kind of, you could see him getting more and more angry. He came in fuming. And I'm like, bro, like, we're disappointed. You could debate some of those decisions that went against us, but it's not embarrassing. It's not mm. disgraceful. This wasn't the time to go. He went too early for me. I, I, I So, on Arteta... I wish, and I'm going to keep saying it, I wish you'd focused on the other moment rather than the goal, but okay. I don't have so much a problem with what Arteta said because while I don't necessarily agree with him, I've said this about Jurgen Klopp, Sir Alex Ferguson, Jose Mourinho, I've gone, Antonio Conte, you are moaning, you are having a whine, you are embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. But 
they defend their players to the end, and he wants to send the message. Let me tell you, Mikel Arteta does not give a fuck what any of us, what the media, what Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, what the PGMA, he doesn't give a fuck what any of them think about him. He gives a fuck about what the players are thinking and feeling about their performance and their their efforts on the night. And I think he wants to send the message. You lot got absolutely done over by officials. You were brilliant. Keep that in your mind. Because remember, he's still convincing them. This new style of play, this what we're trying to do is going to reap long-term rewards. You know, he also wants to keep morale high. He knows it's been a bad week after getting knocked out of the cup. So my issue is more with, well, I don't agree with what Arteta said, and I think he did pick his moment wrong. I might be contradicting myself. Like, I, I think I think in general, there have been bigger things, as Jordan mentioned. The statement in particular, though, I don't I don't really know what it does. I don't hate it, but but you're right. There's been a lot of championing of like, yeah, well done. And I, I don't really feel that myself. I kind of read it. I was like, huh. Yeah, like you said, the, the really powerful thing to do is get all the clubs together if you can, or at least, or at least several clubs, and go. You know, yo Wolves, yo Liverpool, yo. Are we okay with this? And you and what, whilst refereeing, we complain about it. it was, well, I don't complain about referee decisions. I don't really care anymore. I do. Every but week. Whilst, no, no, most people do, and, that, and that's fine. But what we need to remember week. is what we need to remember is that they're 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 equally bad. So for every bad decision that goes against us. We'll get one the following week because they're just they're just they're just not very good. So it's not like this. It's not like we're getting disproportionately bent over more than Crystal Palace or Burnley. If in fact, if anything, I think the big teams actually get more of a preference. So I just don't really get, buy into this whole. Oh, you know, it's all bad. It's like get on with it, man. Just get on with it. Yeah, don't make win the a, win the games. Don't make this a trend. I know the Liverpool one, you know, this follows that, but the Liverpool one was a mad one. And, and like James said, you know, this one doesn't really match up to the crime or Jordan, one of them. Let's move anyway, because we've just passed an hour and we haven't even moved on to Sevilla, where we're not going to discuss too much about the game. We will review it after, but we are going to discuss maybe a lineup, maybe what players we want to see, and then make our prediction. So hit the like button, people. Are we on a thousand likes yet? Because we passed an hour. We should be. If we're not, hit the like button. If we are, still hit the like button. Let's get closer to 2K. Make sure you subscribe. Put the notification bell on. Love for the lovers always. Let's move Sevilla. Champions League. We've got to forget about Newcastle. Forget about West Ham now. And pretty much secure our passage into the next, well, into the knockout rounds of the Champions League. I think a win does that. A win doesn't guarantee first place, that's for sure. But I think a win... Well, a win doesn't guarantee second either, but what a win does is pretty much, you know, put you in a safe position going into those last two games. Um, Sorry, but... does any does any permutation on the night guarantee qualification? So if we win, if we win, and the, if we win we're definitely through. Well, yeah, but not as group leaders, but we, we should qualify. No, no, yeah, yeah, but we definitely qualify. Yeah. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. Is that, is that right, Lee, yeah? Well, someone told me that today. I think I, was, I, I read that. It could be. It could be because I think. I think we, if we win and it, one of the other results goes our way, we we definitely. If we win our next two games, we we qualify as group leaders as well, or something like that. Like, I don't oh know. yeah, no, you're right. You're right. If Arsenal beat if Arsenal beat Sevilla and Lons beat PSV, then Arsenal yeah. will be on nine. Lons will be on eight, and then the other two will be on two. So the top two will be thirty. And then we've got Lons after Sevilla, which is a home game at the Emirates. So two wins in the next two Champions League games. Two wins, he's just guaranteed 
top spot on qualification. Yeah. So how are we feeling about a severe one? I mean, we got the away well, from the away. We won it. We should win this one now. I'd like to see a little bit of a change up front. Nothing against Eddie. I just think that their two central defenders have got experience and I think a little bit of guile. Disturb them a little bit, like yeah. I'm, I'm going to go down that route. I think got, got some need... for asking uh, if uh, for asking the question of whether Eddie would build on his Sheffield United performance. By the way, and and away games though, James, two difficult away games. It was always right. going to be tough for him. Yeah, um, but those are the games we were talking about. Yeah. Those were the games we were talking about. You know, I wasn't talking about you know, championship opposition the week after. I, I was talking about two difficult yeah. away games and whether that was the right balance. I, I said on this podcast, Eddie worked incredibly hard against Newcastle. He was trying to link up and he did. There were some nice things, but I'm so with you. Let's change it up for someone who has shown he can really do the business up top for us as well and help us on a seven-match winning run in a title race. Let's go for that man, Leandro Trossard. What more? Yeah. He came on the pitch and, listen, he didn't do a lot. But just one shimmy and a shot looked better than what I got from the rest of the front three all game. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's got to be Trossard for me. If you're going to go for the physical side of it, you go for Havertz up top because Eddie hasn't got the physical power for the, the likes of um, Ramos and that. Like, you know, I was very impressed with Seville, by the way. I thought that was a good team. But, you know, the movement and the guile of Jesus took them out. They're, they're very, very physical, very, very powerful, but they couldn't handle that little bit of trickery, if you like. So for me, I, I, I would like to see a little bit of a change up there. Nothing against Eddie, I'm, I'm being honest. Bring him back against Burnley because they're a championship side. But for me, this one here has got to have um, guile and um, finesse. Okay. Yeah. Are I we building 11s, yeah? I agree with that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean... Do we need to build our defence? Well, I think we pretty well, much... Super quick, Let's super, do it. Super, super quickly, I'm giving Ramsdale the nod. Listen, him and Raya both riddled with mistakes. No one is claiming it. Give it to him. Why not? If it's Raya, do I care? No. But I'd give it to Ramsdale because well, <laughs> Raya's doing no better. Yeah, you made a mistake. You made a bad yeah. mistake in midweek, Ramsdale. Raya makes another this week on the weekend. Yeah, so I don't care. Whoever you want. Either or, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, what What the fuck is he doing, Stein? I'm yeah. going behind. Yeah, go behind him. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Just, just, on, just, just on that as well, sorry, as well, before we continue. I, I didn't like the fact that we had two goalkeepers on the bench on the weekend. Uh, and I think to myself, there's surely a, an academy kid. You're not going to play him. But you could have at least put him on the bench and took I him I think Erdegaard was a last-minute... I think oh, it might have. I think. I think that ten, normally that's what happens. That like they bring a third goalkeeper who's then not in the squad. So if there's an injury, like they just fill that spot. Oh, I, 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 I might be wrong. If he didn't no, travel, no. then I'm talking. Do you feel also wrong. like just going back quickly, like you know that rant you just said about it because you know like Ramsdale had a poor game on Wednesday. Yeah. Raya's having a poor game on Saturday. We ain't talking about that, are we? We didn't really talk about either. No, we because, really talk about because, we're, because we've been reflective with all what's going on. Like, so maybe there was a bit of calculation in Arteta doing that. And there's a bit of a... Neither of them are staking their claim now. So it's like... Yeah, so it's on Arteta, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, the goalkeeping situation, by the way, guys, is a shit show now. Because you've it got could, two goalkeepers that are both shot. They're both crap. It could backfire badly. That's what... They're not crap. <laughs> They're both nervous. 
We're both nervous about making mistakes. Oh, this, 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 this could backfire badly. It 100%. could really backfire badly, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of the big decisions this season could backfire, depending on how the season goes. Oh, right. yeah. Raya's going to be in goal. It yeah. will be rare, but I, I, I'd, you know, whatever. I'd give it to Ramsdale, but who, whatever. White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko. I, I want to try and get Zinchenko back into the team. I, I just and Tommy Asu deserves his place, by the way. Yeah, um, and right back, in my opinion. Uh, fine. White or Tommy Asu, I don't yeah. mind. But I'm trying to rediscover. You're going to see with the rest of my eleven. I'm trying to rediscover last season. And yeah. as much as I love Tommy Asu. Zinni did something last season for our team when he was in it that I, I he just he, he just made us tick. It, it was incredible. From left back, he ran games. And I want to try and rediscover that. Um, midfield, like probably Jorginho, but if it's El Nenny, then fine. I don't mind. Um either one. El Nenny's got a bit more energy and I whatever, but Giorgio did fine the other night. The big thing for me is Rice in the box to box again, Vieira in the Erdogan position. Let's try and go for what we did last season. Vieira and Rice are much more stylistically similar to Xhaka and Erdegaard last season. Get them in that team. Front three, Martinelli, Trossard and Saka. But Saka's one more bad game away from me saying give Reese a run. Because I actually thought Reese looked all right away at West Ham and also did well away at Brentford. And yeah. those are two Premier League sides. So, so why shouldn't I take those performances seriously? In Ketsa for me. I'm with you, James. You know what? I'm I'm going I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back to the same the, the side that got us where we was going last season. And that means Ramsdale in goal. Uh I'm gonna as as poor as Ben White has been uh, he's been poor in the last couple of games, Ben White. And and Tommy Asu again was, was very, very good yesterday, uh, Saturday. But I'm gonna go with you and say, right, that. That works on the right-hand side, so we'll try and keep that. Shinchenko on the left, and I'm going to go with you, with Vieira in midfield as well, and Trossard up front. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with what James said, El Nene. Yeah, I'm going with that. Yeah, El Nene, actually, because at least he's got the legs like like Partey did to a degree. Jorginho, neat on the ball, but yeah. I think we're going to have most of the ball, so I'm picking Jorginho. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. That's fair. Right. The Ramsdale Elneny for Georgina Rea, I'm not as bothered. But my big thing is, can we try and recreate that front five, like that link, Zinni into a box-to-box player, Zinni into a creative midfielder? Can we get can we get support runners and combinations? Can Saka and Vieira one, two and play? Can can White overlap? Can they do something on the right-hand side? Can Trossard, you know, drift left and Martinelli cut inside when, like, can we just see movement and fluidity and combinations? Can we see Rice running beyond and get get header at the back post? Something that resembled last season. And yeah. like I understand, like Arsenal fans, we're not. This is we say some wild shit online, but we're, we're not the speak, most. Speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, I follow you on Twitter. Okay, <laughs> um, we, like we're not that unreasonable. I understand that missing Parte Erdegaard. And Jesus, especially when Zinni's out of form, it's going to somewhat affect your fluidity and your ability to play. But for us to look so far off what last season was, we looked bit better when Tierney was inverting. And my word, did he look awkward in that role? <laughs> like, so come on. We looked better with Laconga at the base. Like, Whoa. come on. No, we did. We went to Man United with Laconga at the six, and we bossed that game. But we got done on transition, which is probably what Arteta is trying to stop happening. And I get that. 
But let's Guys. look like we can score some goals, please. Guys, yeah. do, you see, do you want to see something really cool? Well, like a magic so, trick. Better than that. So I think Mikel Arteta was an absolute embarrassment. I think he let himself down big time in the post-match interview. But wait here. One sec. One sec. <laughs> What's he doing? So for the audio listeners, I'm showing a present from Mikel Arteta to me. I'll read it out. Dear Jordan, on behalf of myself and the Arsenal family, I wanted to write to you to wish you a very happy 40th birthday. I know that there are expectations for you and to be proud of your club and the players that, you're, that you always cheer for. I hope that I can bring much happiness and unforgettable memories for you and your family. I hope you have a great day and thank you again for your support and our continued journey. Together, we are stronger. You just Michel call it an embarrassment. Well, yeah, I did. But for this one, it was a real classy touch from Mr. Arteta. Um, so uh, I just want to thank right. him. If I wasn't uh, done before, I'm done now. Arteta out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so he's we got fan. tactically outdone because he was writing your card. Well, it probably was. But he's a fan of the show. I'm, I'm his favourite. <laughs> and I just wanted to say big up. Big, big up, embarrassment. Big up, Mikael. We're friends. We can we can do that. That's what friends do. Friends can call each other out, but they know it's love. I just want to thank him and the club for that. And um, yeah, Arsenal was always very, very classy. And um, let's keep it moving. Up the Arsenal. That's, that's like Lee turning on Aaron Ramsdale. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Good on you, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Loyalty above anything else. Good so on he's, he, he's not all bad. Let me bring up the prediction table. A bit of a change. Obviously, me and Jordan predicted a Newcastle win, and unfortunately, Newcastle did win. So the table has had a little change, to say the least. For the audio listeners, Jordan is now top one correct score, 11 points. I'm in second, two correct scores, 10 points, and James and Lee are tied in third. Both have a correct score, and both are on 10 points. So that's how it's looking. Lee doesn't look impressed. George spent 30 seconds trying to get his celebration. Shot. I got the wrong hand. <laughs> Sorry. I think I speak for everyone when I say the table looks very shit right now with Jordan at the top. Uh, but... looking, looking great to me. We've got her up there again, boys, really, because he's pathetic, really, at this point. You know I mean? <laughs> he's lost got... 20 pounds on Eddie, Eddie like, you know what I mean? Like, you know? And he's yeah. top. Oh, Lee, don't hate, man. Don't hate. Hey, I'll, t- I'll call you after. I'll give you some tips. I'll help you out. I like you. I like you. Yeah, thank you very much. I look forward to it. <laughs> uh, cool. Jordan, All right, let's go. Let's go. At the top of the table for the first time this season, you go first, mate. Come on, let's go. All right. Um, Someone's playing drums. Mike. No idea. It's Lee. Yeah, sorry. I'm just irritated. <laughs> <laughs> He's so angry. He's so angry. <laughs> Tap it away. As you don't know, carry on. Um, I, I'm going to go for an Arsenal win. I think we'll win this one. Um, oh, well, that's nice of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the club, the club like me at the moment, so I've got, I've got to be um, nice. I'm not sure they do um, now. What, wait till they watch the pod. <laughs> it's true. Um, I think we'll win. I think we'll win the game. I'm going to go two one. Two one. I wasn't going to go one nil, but I think two one. I was actually going to say 2-1 as well, but... Um... Yeah, of course she was. Mm, this is interesting. You can still say 2-1, by the way. 
Now that okay, you gotta be different, man. You gotta be different. Um, do, do you, bro? Do you? We don't create enough chances for me to go any bolder. Though. Mm. Um, You're time. we've had a few high scoring games without creating a lot of chances. I will say that <laughs> my games. <coughs> <laughs> Free one. He went for it. <laughs> Go on, James. Oh, Three nil. Oh yeah. Three nil. Lee, heartache. You, that was your. That was. I your was going to go three nil. Was going to go three nil. So I'm going to go two nil. Him. Everyone's gone for something different. Everyone's gone for an Arsenal win, but everyone's gone something different. Jordan's gone two one Arsenal. I've gone three one. James has gone three nil. And Lee has gone two 0 so we'll see how that. Just, 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 Turkish. Just quickly, why? Do, why are we also confident we're definitely going to win this game? I know we're at home. I know we beat them away, but Seville, we know, are a good European team. Just, just briefly, why are we so confident that we're going to win this game? Yeah, they haven't, and and Sevilla haven't been great this season. I'm, I'm not mm. saying we have, but yeah. funnily enough, which is opposite the seasons before, we actually played better in Europe than our two best performances. In yeah, it's mm. the opposite of of the previous two three years um, in yeah. the Europa League. So, yeah, ah, we've just stumbled on the answer. <laughs> We're going to nick top four and win the Champions League. I'll take it. I'll take it. This, I thought our best time is... performance was PSV. I thought we was brilliant in that game. Yeah, yeah. Jesus up top, by the way, but uh, was brilliant in that, and was brilliant in Seville, like you know. Could, could yeah, Jesus yeah. be fit for for, for Wednesday? That'd be nice oh. if he is. Jesus um, up top, linking play. Hmm. So that's why I think that we've had our best performances, and I've, I do think Mikel will ring the changes. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll be there, and we'll be there to review it, people. We'll be back after that game. For another forever Arsenal and before the last game before the international break, Burnley at the Emirates. So make sure you're here, subscribe, hit the like button on this one. We should have passed a thousand by now on the road to 2,000 likes. If we are, hit that like button. And let's end with comments of the day. Everyone got comments of the day ready? Yeah. yeah. I'll go last because I've got, I've got a few that I loved. So I'll, 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 go, I'll go first in with this one. Then, um, relevant, really. Lee struggles to come up with even the tarnished bit of criticism for Ramsdale at the end. It was absolutely hilarious. Like, you know what I, mean? I am sticking with my man, not like him up there. Like, <laughs> Turncoat. <Yeah. laughs> Say no more. Um, I'll go next. First of all, just all the people that text in or text in, well, it's not radio, the people that commented and wished me happy birthday. Thank you very much for all that. Um, it was appreciated. Um, I've got one comment here that says, it's from Sunjin4117. I don't know whether to praise Jordan or tell the others to do better. But watching the 10 minutes highlights of the game on a dodgy Wi-Fi, Jordan has been able to get top of the table. James and his tactics, Lee watching it live, Turkish on the watch-alongs, whilst Jordan is in whilst Jordan is out on the town. Nope, can't praise Jordan. Everyone else do better. But a serious note, great show. Love for the love from Australia. So big right. up, big up my man there. And there was another one here I got here, which I thought was quite funny as well. You know who would be great in this team as a number eight? Arteta himself. And there's some truth in that. <laughs> there's a bit of truth in that. You know what I mean? Hey, prime Arteta crashing yeah, the box yeah, in his I'm Everton days. He'd do all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't mention Arteta, please. Arteta was... He was like Jorginho, man. 
Mate, he, he, he's a Spanish legend. He was just unfortunate. It. He was in the Xavi and Iniesta era. He's just he's just a cut below. Yeah, that's why. That's that's why I didn't make it. Yeah, I've got three here. I'm gonna get them in back to back because they're all just picking up the podcast. One from Stephen Heath saying, "Love the podcast, lads, and it brings a warm-hearted banter up between the four of you." There's no better podcast out there. Martha, my dear, says, "Absolutely love this podcast and so thankful for his therapeutic qualities." And the last one here from Chris Rich. Thanks, fellas, for doing this show on such a regular basis. I imagine with such a busy schedule, it can be a lot. But just mm-hmm. want to iterate, appreciate you guys' dedication and work ethic. And he ends it with a J unit. J unit. So there you go. Oh shit! When he said um, "big up for the hard work," and John went, "Yeah, that's right." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're welcome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, All right, a couple. Let's go through them quick. Uh, JBM says one thing you cannot fault Grant Xhaka for is his consistency and availability. I just thought that was such a good point. When I'm seeing Mm. players drop like flies, that is so true. But however much you rate him or not, he's always available. and then another granite-related one, a bit more fun, from Robert Strong. So that first one was, oh yeah, IBM three four four nine. Robert Strong says Jordan is like the granite jacker of this team. Nobody Rude. wants to say his name, but when he's not there, it all falls apart. <laughs> That's Pick a great guy. That is great. great good work. <laughs> <laughs> um, happy birthday, J Unit. This is from uh, Josh. Uh, Novotny, happy birthday, J Unit. I don't comment often, but on your birthday, I got big you up. I used to wonder what this guy was wanging on about, <laughs> and nothing has <laughs> changed. But the show wouldn't be the same without you. Love the forever Arsenal pods. A lot of love for, for Jordan, love, bro. Love, love, man. And Come on. love for the love. OG viewer, there. That's it. His birthday is done, people. So back to the abuse for 11 months. <laughs> yeah, back to form now, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and M. Mol- M. Molefe says he's quoted Lee. If you look at it subconsciously, <laughs> I'll see that one. Didn't find it funny. <laughs> Lee never changed. <laughs> never changed. Never changed. <laughs> I saw that one too, but I thought now yeah. I'm gonna pick it for sure. So let me leave that. <laughs> <laughs> James has lost it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 Probably his mum and dad done that one. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my light's gone off. The electricity's not paid. <laughs> it always goes at the end of every podcast. <laughs> I don't, why is it? Why do you just charge up for the length well, of the He's got his girlfriend riding on the bike. You know, I, I do charge it up, man. Look, I charge, I charge it up, yeah, and it just... Like, we're having a man. I'm all five percent now. So we're gonna wrap it up here, people. Listen, Jordan Lee, James, lovers always, people. Hope you've enjoyed. I've already told you hit the like button, get it to a thousand. If it's past a thousand, get it to two thousand. We'll be back mm. after the severe game before the Burnley game, then it's international break. So make sure you're subscribed. A lot of content coming out. Love for the love as always, people. We're out. Peace. Amazing. Oh, what was he trying to say there? Oh, mesmerizing. Mesmerizing. That was what a great show. There you go. You got the whole intro for that. The outro. Love for the love. What a Subconsciously. Oh.
Social Podcast Network.